Hi. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Please introduce yourself and tell me a fun fact about you. Cool, my name is Lucas. Uh, I'm a singer. And fun fact, oh, it's always boring when somebody doesn't come up with a fun fact straight away. Um, I'll let James go first and then I'll come up with a fun fact. Okay. Oh. <laughs> nice. Okay, so my fun fact is that I have lifelines on my palm as opposed to three, which is very great. Oh, so, yeah, interesting. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a question that was asked at our freshman orientation that we ask everyone, if you can be any utensil in the kitchen, what would you be and why? But we're actually going to change that and say if you could be any item in the kitchen, what would you be and why? So, um, my next question for you is, what music are you currently listening to? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, it's weird, obviously, since quarantine, I've been listening to a lot more music. I've been kind of trying to go back to stuff that I know I love, and maybe I've been neglecting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've been listening to a lot of metalcore lately, which is kind of weird. Uh, I was listening to a band from the Devil Wears Prada last night. Uh, Paramore as well, early Paramore. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. I've been watching them, I, I don't know if it's because, like, subconsciously I know that there's going to be no music festivals anymore this summer, but I, I've been watching a bunch of, um, like, Reddit festival sets throughout the years, just, just mainly kind of checking it on in my TV in the background, just sort of background noise, so loads of stuff like that, like, be it, like, um, I don't know, like, Foo Fighters or Nirvana or Bindi Cairo, all, like, big, big kind of arena rock stuff. Nice, I love asking this question because it normally, like, spans music I should be listening to, um, it, it's helpful. <laughs> um, what is your favorite album in your personal collection? And by personal collection, I mean you physically own it. Goody. Uh, mine is either Doolittle by the Pixies uh, or In Rainbows by Radiohead. I've only recently got into collected vinyl, um, and I have two of those. Well, I have those two, and they're my two pretty much my two favorite albums of all time. So yeah, I'm glad that I physically have one. <laughs> um, I'm going to cheat, but uh, I'm going to say uh, it's Songs for the Death by Queen's of Stone Age. I don't, I don't own it, but my housemate has it in his car. We just do it all the time. Uh, it counts. <laughs> he was like, lucky to have like, a CD player, so we could still pour and buy in like, two bad CDs on the internet. Uh, what musicians inspire you to be a better musician? I don't really 
So this kind of leads to my next question. Um, how did you guys pick your respective instruments slash what you do? Uh, so I actually got into, this is going to be a funny question actually, because both me and James started on different instruments to what we've ended up on. Okay. Um, but when I, was, uh, when I was 11, I started playing drums in school, and I used to love drumming. And that was kind of what I wanted to do as a musician. Um, and then I realized I was better at singing accidentally than I was at drumming, even though I was trying to be good at drumming. So, um, and I think, as well, being a boy, I guess, in school, like, not many boys can sing, but most bands have male singers in the scene, I guess. So when we were kind of like 15, 16, it was like, we all wanted a, a singer in a band. And luckily I could sing, I think, so I was just kind of made to be the singer. <laughs> so, yeah. It was a case of um, the first band, uh, the first sort of local band that I was aware of um, that I could join needed a bassist. Uh, I, I was a guitarist with foremost, but um, I was like, no, oh, I can probably play bass. It's, it seems even easier than guitar, and I've kind of stuck to that ever since. Although I, I, um, I now love playing guitar more than ever, so I'm sort of graduating back to being a guitarist, hopefully. I feel like the instrument kind of, or like, it kind of picks the person not the other way around sometimes it's pretty interesting i feel like sometimes things just kind of fall into a place in a way where you're like oh this is this is this is it like this is what i'm supposed to do and when you look at like how this band started it definitely makes you think that like everything happens for a reason like the the story is so intertwined and everybody knew everybody for different reasons before we started it's, it's one of those kind of fate kind of stories i love that so uh, what is your writing process like um, it, it depends, like, it differs quite a lot, and, it, you know, you could, we could sit and talk you through every song, you know, it happens, and, you know, and there's never a, a clear-cut kind of way, really, but um, I feel like as we're maturing as musicians, we always try and aim for, like, the, the song underneath the production, you know what I mean, so maybe finding the right chords, or maybe coming up with some cool lyrics, or some melodies that kind of, kind of breathe, like, life into the song and then going from there because when when we first started it was a lot more about like kind of bedroom production making everything sound epic and then slowly kind of yeah and then i guess you know obviously whether it's james coming up with an idea or me or scott or ash or whoever you know we kind of then bounce off each other out of respect for the fact that we kind of you know like sometimes when you do things on your own you can make the wrong decision so it's nice to have three other people in the band that we trust a lot you know mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't, couldn't really put it, put it any better myself. It's, um, it's nice to be able to, um, when, when you've been in the band with people for ages, it's nice to sort of know when when's the right time to hand something off to get some other input. Like, um, you can find, like you said, you can, when, you, when you have something that's entirely yours, you can make a lot of weird decisions, but the benefit of having three other people in the band is that it sort of passes through three other sets of uh, people to sort of filter it into the end product. It's cool. I love the collaborative process. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite part of a song you've written? It could be a lyric, a guitar riff, a bass line, a drum sequence, anything. Hmm. I don't know. It's really tough. We're at the stage now where we've just, we have like about 30 songs, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> so like there's a lot of, um, this song called Penance mm -hmm. that we wrote, right, it was probably the first song that we kind of worked on. Well, I worked with the band on anyway, and um, yeah, that song has just got like a really cathartic ending. Uh, the like closing lyric is "I deserve to be happy now," 
and like there's this epic moment of just kind of like it's like a, a sonic epiphany <laughs> in my mind. So, uh, so I feel like that was the first the first time that I ever felt like incredibly proud of something that I've, I've been able to do. So yeah. But my work balance is a little different in the sense that um, it's probably uh, we're we're guilty of like definitely overthinking music at times. And like I'm sure like everybody is. And there's there's been times where we've spent like weeks and weeks just on a little part of the song. But one of my favourite things is um, there's a bass line on a song um, we wrote ages ago called Everything, and it, and it was one of the first parts where it was just like something we jammed in a room together, and it was just like. Oh, cool. That's it then. And then we it was one of those songs where it's been like that ever since. And like, I like the fact it's sort of like untouched. It was kind of just like, it was the moment in time, and now it belongs to everyone else. And then there's, you know, we haven't changed it, we haven't overthought it. It was, it was pretty cool to have that because that was a completely different experience to sort of anything else we've done. <laughs> For me, when I listen to your self-titled, I kind of love the journey you go through through the record it was I have not listened to albums in full for a long time but during this quarantine that's kind of all I've been doing and sitting and actually like actively listening to it um I was just blown away by honestly like the whole record I was like I told all my friends my my station kind of hates me sometimes because I just talk about bands but this is what I do (laughs) so um and then your latest release gravity was sensational so do you mind telling me do you mind telling me the story behind the song uh well like you said obviously we um we're a band that really pride ourselves on you know we we do like to kind of think deep down we're quite a snobby arty band we love the idea of having like a really coherent kind of like journey when it comes to our albums and stuff so um so yeah so i guess for us with gravity it was kind of the opposite in the, in the sense that we knew it was going to be a single and we kind of it was about having the humility to know how to write something that was catchy something that caught your ears but also something that was kind of cool and a little bit different as well so i feel like with i, don't, I mean I, yeah I, re- I remember when we were writing it i don't know i don't know if james can shed some light on it but i can't even remember who came up with the idea of the drum beat uh, ironically, our drummer was the only person not in the room when we were at the demo. I don't know where the idea came from, but just this really cool idea of just having this like rolling drum thing that just like shot out the, uh, at you straight away. I guess was kind of where the idea came from, and, and yeah, the rest just stemmed from there really. And I feel like when we wrote chorus, we knew it was like that. That was what the song was going to be. You know, we knew that it was going to be this epic kind of track. So. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so it's hard for it's hard for us a band like us to do uh, to do like what, what I guess most people call singles usually is because like um, I think we're definitely we we always said we're like an album fan and we will consume music like we're we're big fans of listening to albums in full. A lot of our favorite bands don't even necessarily have that many great singles. They just have like some amazing albums. And like sometimes a lot a lot of our favorite bands' music um, without context might be a bit weird. <laughs> so when so when we get kind of being a band like in 2020 you almost have to like find a way to fit the best parts of your band into like a three minute <laughs> sort, of, sort of like palatable version and, and i think i think that's where the, the drum beat at the start came from we just wanted something super bombastic to sort of make people like oh okay then you know this is like this is what they want to do and then obviously we have the the sort of like the big emotive chorus so i think i think we've done a good job of like trying to trying to show what our band does in, in in a short three minutes. Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like this single culture has come about because of streaming services like Spotify. So this leads to my next question. What is your opinion of streaming services like Spotify? Um, I think for me personally, it's like, um, I mean, it's tough because I sit here with my Spotify account and my Netflix account, my Disney Plus account, you know, and like, I'm a, I'm a part of this culture as much as anyone. And I think, to be honest, to deny the fact that, you know, uh, streaming services are now part of day-to-day life would be the same way as, you know, somebody in their 40s denying having a smartphone, you know, because it's just, it is just the way the world is now, and, and mm-hmm. the world is positioned to work like that, you know, so it is tough, because as a musician, you obviously know there's a lot that should be changed and could be better, but it's just the way our world is now, sadly. Um, I do dislike the way that it takes away from albums, like, mm-hmm. you know, I know we just spoke about that, but I'm such an album listener, you know, and like, my life has been saved by albums, not by songs, and I think that's a really important thing to remember, but um, but also it's very important for us to try and play the game and understand that we need to put out songs often, we need to put out singles, we can't just put albums out, you know, so so it is quite a bittersweet situation, I feel like, you know, me and James can probably in the same boat with our thinking there, but yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the, the thing is, is Spotify is amazing in terms of giving artists, especially unsigned artists, a um, chance to just put music out into the world you know, fairly easily. Like, you could start a band tomorrow and, and upload a song with, with ease. You know, you don't, you, don't yeah. need, you don't need to pay much to get a song up on Spotify. But the, the issue then is there's so much music is so oversaturated mm-hmm. and, and so easily accessible that it almost, like, commodifies music mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, like, I think I grew up at the end of the CD era, right when like MP3s and like people were illegally streaming music was happening a lot more frequently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's also why vinyl's making this huge comeback because like 
I don't know, I'll go to a flea market and just kind of, like, go through albums, and I might not know who the person is, but, like, if it looks cool or, like, the person recommends it, I'm like, oh, okay, like, why not give it a shot? I think it's because people are so kind of already sick of the streaming culture that they kind of feel like they need to prove to themselves a little bit that they still genuinely respect and appreciate music, you know, and, like, I'll buy one album for every 10 that I would have back in the day, but I'll make sure I spend like 10 times as much money on it, you know? So, mm-hmm. I feel that. The, the thing is, as well, is like, by doing it that way, you almost like have to like, like retrain yourself. Like, you almost have to like retrain your attention span. Cause like, yeah, when, when you listen on Spotify, if it doesn't like get you in like the first 30 seconds, you can, you can just skip it. Yeah, whereas, whereas when you buy a physical, you know, you, you sit there and you proper like try and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. If you could change one thing about the music industry as it is today, what would it be and why? Mm, I think, not to sound too cynical, but it would just be the money thing. I think, you know, when you look at uh, sport or film or pretty much any industry with as much celebrity as ours, you know, like, like for example, like, you know, when you think of the celebrities of the modern world, it's like you think musicians and film stars and sports stars, you know, mm-hmm. but then, like, footballers make millions and millions and millions a year and like film stars make millions and millions and millions of films and like I feel like most musicians don't maybe see as much in that respect so I feel like that's what I would change but I mean that's just me being a cynical old fart so <laughs> yeah it's, it, the problem is a lot of, a lot of the time when we like when we like look at the tickets and things and, and you find yourself being like wait we get this much why why do we only get this much and a lot of you know the men the answer oh that's just that's just We have a question that our PR director, Grace, came up with based on, I'll give some backstory before I actually jump into the question because it's deep, sorry. Um, basically, she listened to Little Peep's songs that were released, and she said they sounded like unfinished bedroom demos. And then Mac Miller's Circles came out, and the question basically is, what is your opinion of releasing an artist's unreleased music after they've passed away? Should it be released or should it not? Um, 
It was a lot more of an emotional situation than some eyes. It's posthumous releases have words, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Deep answer for a deep question. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, it definitely, definitely depends on the relationship. But, like, it, it might be easier with a band because, like, you know. Uh, I, I, for example, I feel like if they're, like, this up because we want to kind of start a conversation about this. I feel like this isn't spoken about enough um, since it's becoming more prominent, at least sadly. But um, I know like as a fan, like you always want to hear more music, but at the end of the day, would the artists have been happy? And then at the same time, it's kind of like, um, I've heard this been compared to Kurt Cobain's journal. Um, I've had lead singers of bands tell me the band can carry on, but not with my voice or my lyrics. And then I've heard people say like, my voice recordings are definitely off limits. So it's pretty interesting to see. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, think the main, I think the main line in, in, in amongst it all, where it becomes black and white rather than grey, is just like the fact that a lot of the time, I don't know, as a musician, you do try and release things that make you sound the best, you know, and also like things that speak for you the most. Mm-hmm. And like, I probably did things six years ago on my voice memos that suck. You know, and like I never show anyone. So obviously, if someone showed them on my behalf, I'd maybe feel a bit weirded out. But yeah, it, it is really weird. It, it, I feel like there comes a point where you do cross the line, but it's kind of hard to tell when the line is crossed. I think that's yeah, that's way to put it. Yes. Um. So my next question for you is: Can you describe your sound in three words? You can each do three words if you would like. So, um, I love asking this question because I love seeing how bands describe themselves because, like, I might not use the same three words, but it's always kind of fun to see, like, what people think. And, like, if I were telling somebody else about your band, how would I describe it? And it's nice. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Like, I read this thing a while ago that said, um, if you're writing a book and you can't sum it up within a sentence, like, you need to go back to the drawing board <laughs> I think that's so true because, like, then you don't have the gist of what, like, your meaning is. If you can collaborate with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Wow. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe Gerard, yeah, Gerard Way, I think. Okay. Yeah. What would you have? Oh, Hayley Williams. Like, what would you do with them if you could, like, would you just have them on going to bar songs? Would you show them? Oh, yeah, true, actually. Yeah, I'd like, sit right with them. Oh, oh, it's what you mean. Oh, it's like, yeah, very quiet. Yeah, I just thought it meant, like, us as a fan. Um, I don't know. I feel like t- those two are two artists that I grew up listening to and I still respect to this day. And I respect, em- like, emotionally, lyrically, and, like, musically, I guess. So any any way I can kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to write a song with either of them. <laughs> but just having a guest to be chill would be awesome. 
like obvious where it's just messed with Cook's mind. It was, it, and I think everybody would love to just jam with Dave Wall on drums. Just because, like, it would just be a laugh. Like, you know, you could just, like, have so much energy and you just, you just have a laugh. Like, you, you could just go with the words and come up and make yourself a laugh. I love that. So my next question for you is something that I normally live vicariously through everybody else through this question. What is the scene like where you are? Uh, great I mean, me and James are from the products of the scene. Like, we, um, we grew up, I mean, you know, our friendship kind of grew and stuff after we went to local shows. So, I mean, I guess it was, it's weird because obviously we, we were kind of, our scene was like, from like emo to like metalcore, so oh. there were some terrible bands growing up, but uh, also some really cool ones as well. And we love being from Cardiff, um, and from the South Wales scene because it's just such a rich cultured area. So, uh, and I think that just leads through to the bands and the music that we grew up with. Sure, yeah, agreed. I, I, I had a call earlier, um, so essentially, this dude reached out to um, like a uni project and he asked to speak to people in bands about like what their advice for new bands is, you know, that old, that old mm-hmm. band. Yeah. And I said, like, um, he's, he's, like, aware of everyone in, in our band. And um, I was like, oh, well, he was like, well, what would you attribute, like, your sort of, like, success up until now? And I, said, I was like, oh, well, one of the big things was that, that me and Lucas especially were, like, super, super active in, like, in, like the, the local, if not the UK, like, sort of small music scene. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I said that was, he was so to be able to do some of our first tours and like have friends from other bands like let us sleep on their floors or like have friends from other bands like turn up in random towns like across the UK. Um, so that, that, that's, that's super cool. That, the, the best thing about the UK is that it's so small. Every, like, so if you are in a UK band, chances are everyone knows you. It's so incestuous, but in a good way. I love the community you have there. Um, where I'm from, there is no scene, not just because there's a pandemic, but in general. Um. <laughs> so it's so weird for us to like, because um, I have right big Lou. Have you ever been to Young Meet America? Or no, I haven't. I've never. So yeah, no, 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 uh, neither of us have been to America. So it's so, like, it's so hard to grasp, like, the geography. So we don't really ever get to talk much about American geography, especially with, other than, like, a little bit about the fact that there's a bunch of states and they're so far apart there. It's like written never been to America, just looking from far. It's just like crazy how big it is, and just how like you know, like we and because we're from the UK, it's so obviously we're right next to Europe. And then when I think that like you can drive from France to Belgium in a day or whatever, that blows my mind. But like to to think that like Europe could be ten times bigger and everybody speak English, <laughs> it just sounds crazy. So I mean, hopefully we do get a moment someday, and hopefully you will see you. You can you know you can have a relationship with anyone. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like you guys, as you said, like are in the UK, and I'm here in New York, <laughs> so it's kind of nice to see. Like, what's your favorite country that you've been to? Yeah, the Netherlands, they've got, it, they've got it pretty, like, 
seems like they just set it up pretty well. And they say it's like quickly, and like, the transport's really good there. And it seems like they look after their people fairly well. Yeah, go Netherlands. Do you have any pre-show rituals or superstitions? What's your favorite venue that you've performed in? So you guys are hypothetically in the band together. What are three songs that must be in the playlist? for like my purposes of where I'm from um normally my friends don't know what bands I'm talking about because they're not pop, like they're not huge um I like to think the local scene quote-unquote local scene of the United States is kind of it's all over the place so like I can vibe really well with a band from Virginia and then I can vibe with a band from Utah so it's it's kind of interesting to see like what's considered small scale or like mid-tier and so on and so forth and I feel like a lot of that's like been dictated by like these Spotify numbers, and I don't think they should be there. <laughs> but that's yeah, I get, I get what you mean because it does kind of dis, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it does distort your mm-hmm. of the, the success of a band. You know, for example, we will probably do better ticket sales in the UK than some bands who have way more plays than us on Spotify. You know what I mean? And it's like it does muddy the definition of like a small band these days. Mm-hmm. Sure. It definitely feels like, like it, 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 it can be toxic and like it can it can almost turn into a rap race if you let it. Like like uh, you, it, I definitely I've definitely heard rumors that there'd be there's a lot of potentially really cool tours that could have happened in the past say like five years. But like things like like egos of like who would headline and who would see yeah. or like managers not wanting one band to play with another even though it would be like a killer a killer lineup just because one band. 
was to be a bigger. Mm. That, that I mean, you know, like back in the day, um, more like around like the MySpace era, I guess you have bands like you know, like Paramore playing with My Chemical Romance, playing with The Use, playing with, mm-hmm. and you know, they, like, you just won't get that as much nowadays, which is a bit of a shame, I suppose. Yeah, I feel like lineups have definitely been something interesting. What's your favorite concert that you've been to? If you didn't become a musician, what would you be doing right now, like hobby-wise? Uh, I'd probably, uh, if I had to stop making music this second, I would just throw in the towel with the other head on the job that would just pay me regularly. <laughs> um, but I feel like I'd, I'd go into teaching maybe, I'm quite good with kids, I'm quite good with people, so maybe something on like the social side of things. Nice. I have some Spitfire questions for you guys. Um, just whatever pops into your head first. Favorite color? My favorite color is yellow. My favorite color is blue. Favorite movie? would you want to be on the bill for? Like, if you could create any bill with three bands, including you guys, what would it be? Wow. For me, I would say My Chemical Romance, Death Oaks, Rice, Cold Houses. Nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say no. I mean, I got off the time. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is like, that is like our band in a... Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, you know, if anyone asks, I'm sorry, I'm going to be those bands, so, yeah, I agree with that. And my last question for 
for you guys is what are your goals for the new decade of 2020? I want to be, <laughs> I was going to say happy and successful, but yeah, I feel like that's too productive. I just want to make as much music as I can. I want to meet as many people as I can and go to as many places as I can. And by the end of the decade, I will be 35, which is horrible. And I like the thought of maybe being a little bit more settled into a routine life. There we go. <laughs> hey, It was really a pleasure to speak with you guys. I had a lot of fun, and I am so excited to see what the future has in store for you. Um, when you come to America, I'm going to say when. <laughs> I can't wait to actually see you guys in person. Yeah, come and say hello, boys. Hello, yes, boys. of course. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye.